reading in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. We read, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This morning in our Bible class, we were talking about faith, our faithfulness. Um, we often consider God's compassion, God's mercy, God's love. Whoop, wrong way. Wrong way. Right. Okay. So this morning's lesson is going to be on God is faithful. We're considering God's faithfulness. It's a favorite topic of the Bible, faithfulness of God. Someone has stated the great theme is to the Bible what thread is to the garment. The thread that is woven in the garment gives the garment its strength, value, and beauty. Just so, the declaration of God's faithfulness that is woven into every page and paragraph of the scriptures gives the Bible its strength, value, and beauty. We should realize that everything depends on the faithfulness of God. No order could exist without it. If it were not for the faithfulness of God, you and I would not be here today. In fact, the very foundation of the universe the marvelous workings of nature, and the constant regulation of life all depend on the faithfulness of God. God is described by James in James chapter 1 and verse 17. That reads, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. We need to realize the full import of this passage. In verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. God desires what is best for his creation. By his grace, he has given the greatest gift of all through Christ and made provision for the means of forgiveness of sin and the promise of a new life. And cometh down from the Father of lights, the sun, moon, and stars bring stability to our physical world. And as God is its creator, he stands as the father of lights in regard to spiritual truth. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I used uh, the King James Version to, to read the scripture. I'm, uh, the New King James, this is from the King James Version. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God changes not from Malachi 3 and 6. Uh, two great truths are affirmed in this context. There is no mixture of evil with good that can be found in him, and there is no shadow that ever obscures his goodness. 
So it is in this truth here expressed that man's hope lies. The faithfulness is a part of God's very being from Deuteronomy 32 and 4. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and just is he. What this says about God will never change. What God is today, he has always been and he will ever be. Faithfulness is an integral part of God's very being. From 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Why? Because in God there is no variation, neither shadow of turning. Faithfulness is a part of God's character, and God simply cannot be out of character with himself. God's faithfulness will be perfect, from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 14. Know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it, and there is nothing to take from it. And God will, has so worked that people will fear him. So no improvement could be made in anything that God is or does. What God says, says could not be said better. What God does could not be done better. What comfort we should find in this. If we search his word, we will find a faithfulness on which we can always depend. We can see God's faithfulness in nature. Some fail to see the water for the ocean, and some fail to see God's hand in the creation and regulation of nature. From 1 Peter 4 and 19, Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. And from Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. The psalmist declared that God's faithfulness had been established in the very heavens, from Psalms chapter 89 and verse 2. For I have said, graciousness will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. If that faithfulness had not been so established, what an upside down this world would be. It's pretty upside down, but it would be unbearable without that faithfulness. God is faithful in his word. <clears throat> there is faithfulness in nature because there is faithfulness in God's word that upholds nature. Why would God be more faithful in, in the word he speaks to nature than he is in the word that he speaks to you and me? If we trust God in one realm, why shouldn't we also trust him in other realms? From Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Hello. 
God is a shield to them who trust in his word. From Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. That by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to hold firmly to the hope set before us. Consider the great declaration of Numbers, chapter 23 and 19. God is not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he would change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? God's word can be trusted, for he has never said anything that was not so. Nor has God ever said anything that he did not mean. From Acts chapter 27 and verse 25, uh, this is the account of Peter on his voyage to Rome. Uh, on the ship, an angel had appeared to him and strengthened him, telling him, don't be afraid. Uh, you will be brought before Caesar and safety. This had guaranteed the safety of all who were sailing with him. Therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe, God, that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. So who would dare argue with the words of Psalms 119 and verse 86? All of your commandments are faithful. It is impossible for God to lie. He is faithful in every word he has spoken. Men, therefore, should never question any arrangement God has made, nor set aside any commandment he has given, nor disregard any threat he has uttered. God knows what man needs. He has given man every instruction he needs, the very warnings he needs, the challenges he needs, the very commandments he needs. When God speaks, he knows what he is doing. If any one of God's commandments can be set aside, why can't all of them be set aside? Has God ever said anything that was irrelevant or out of place? Has God ever made any unnecessary arrangements? Has he given any worthless advice? No, a thousand times no, for God is faithful in his word, and man must be faithful to that word. God is likewise faithful in his dealing with men. How mighty and marvelous is God in the love and attention he has given us. From Psalms 147 and 5. <clears throat> Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. There isn't anything about us that God doesn't know. Nor is there a need that he is unaware of. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And then from 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. There is no partiality in God. From Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. 
What a comfort to know that God will be fair in his dealings with us. From 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then from 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When it comes to temptation, consider these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. How understanding God is and how faithful in dealing with men. So God is faithful in his promises. Man often questions some promise God has made. Since the validity of a promise rests upon the integrity of him who made it, we would dare to question the integrity of the Almighty? If God could create a world out of nothing and uphold that world by the power of his word, couldn't he likewise make good every promise he has made? The prophet Jeremiah praised God in these words from Jeremiah uh, 32 and verse 17. O Lord God, behold, you yourself have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult for you. To Abraham and Sarah, God once made a promise that many would have doubted. From Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Of Abraham, it was said in Romans chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So we would long for a faith like that today. Joshua once made this declaration about the promises God had made to Israel from Joshua 21 and verse 45. No one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. Everything came to pass. This man knew wherever he spoke, for his observation came with 40, after 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, and 30 years in the land of Canaan. He knew that God was able to perform anything he had promised. How faithful God is in his promises. God is also faithful in his judgments. This is where many are somewhat in doubt, for they can't quite conceive of God's allowing so many to be lost. They believe God's grace will save some, though they might not have obeyed all of his commandments. Is this the kind of God we worship? God is great in grace and love, but if he won't punish the disobedient, then he is not a God of truth. 
God must do exactly what he said, or how could we trust him at all? There's a question that we all must answer in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 25. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? Paul was sure that the judgment of God was according to truth, from Romans chapter 2 and verse 2. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. If God's judgment is according to truth, and if he cannot lie, then how could we question the passage in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 2? For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every violation and act of disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect so great a, a, a salvation? Yes, the judge of all the earth will do right, for we are told that God's judgment will be righteous from Romans chapter 2 and verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you're storing up for yourself wrath for yourself on the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And from Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, because he has set a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all people by raising him from the dead. This being the case, there won't be misfits in heaven and there won't be people out of place in hell. In conclusion, God is faithful. Faithfulness is a part of his very being. He is faithful in nature, faithful in his word, faithful in his dealings with men, faithful in his promises, and he will likewise be faithful in his judgments. In the Bible, there's not only the thrilling promise of heaven, but also the threatening punishment of hell. If the Bible is true and we believe in the faithfulness of God, <clears throat> how can we believe in heaven and not believe in hell? If there is no hell, then the Bible is false and the author ceases to be the God of truth. On the other hand, <clears throat> if God's word is true, then there must be a heaven and there must be a hell. Will you then come to believe in the faithfulness of God? Will you trust his every promise? Will you come to regard his every warning? Will you come to obey his every commandment? God has made you in his own image. He wants you to be saved. He has promised to lift you up and bless you if you will but turn to him. He has promised you the blessings in this world and eternal life in the world to come. He has promised you fellowship with the heavenly beings. He invites you to the refuge that can be found only in him. How could we turn down such an invitation? How could you spurn such promises? God said, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death in Jeremiah 21 and verse 8. God has described both of these ways, but has left the way open for you to choose one or the other. In Deuteronomy 30 and 9, he has said, I have placed before you life and death and blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. God has promised to bless those who select the way of life 
but he also promises to condemn those who select the way of death. We can rest assured that God will do exactly what he said. It is most important that we select the way of life. If this lesson would pertain to anybody today, we would invite you to come forward as we stand and as we sing.